Welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where we go back in time and randomly select a movie to give our uneducated opinions about. I'm your host, or one of your hosts for this episode. My name is Gabe Whitehurst, and the other host is somewhere here. I can't see him. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Uh, oh, gosh, Matt, you scared me. You're right there. In My name's Richard Pryor. <laughs> Richard, back from the dead. The ghost of Richard Pryor is your co-host for this episode. You look pretty good. Uh, hey, uh, you know, coming back from the dead ain't easy, but uh, I pulled it off. Wow. Yeah, you were sitting across from me the whole time. I just didn't see you. Because um, I was I was blending into this white light behind me. You were. My, my skin disappears <laughs> when I get in front of white light. Cause it's the same. Uh, wait, uh, I thought you were the ghost of Richard Pryor. Um, <laughs> no, let's just say you're transparent then. Yeah, yeah. You're a ghost. I just didn't see it. Yeah, like like Casper. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm working on getting the ghost of Ronald Reagan to be a guest on the show, but uh, so far, no luck. Uh, we can't channel him right now. Uh, hello, <laughs> hello. No, that's it. <laughs> we, we lost him. We lost that's him. That's all we could get. We lost him. Come yeah. back, Ronald. Uh, all right, I'll try again later. But yeah, uh, yeah. That's all the energy we had. Yeah. For this moment. Cool, man. Yeah, I um. By the way, this is Matt Morris. Yeah, this is this is Matt Morris. I'm not actually Richard Pryor. I don't know if you knew that. Um, yeah. So I, I just want to say this is this isn't a uh, advertisement because we're not getting paid for it. But I am a proud Movie Pass owner now. Oh yeah, how's it going? It's great, man. I highly recommend it to everyone that that likes movies because I went through a long drought of not watching releases because. Movies are literally $17 here in some places yeah, in New York City. It's awful. So I would just never go because I was like, it's not, it's not worth the investment. And um, now that I set aside my 50 bucks every month, now I go more because right. it feels so good to walk up and they say sixteen fifty, And this is the <laughs> fifth or sixth movie you've seen. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm basically making money now. You just say, put it on my tab. Yeah, put it on my movie pass. For tab. those of our listener people who don't know what MoviePass is, will mm -hmm. you enlighten us? Yeah, so MoviePass is a um, credit card that you get in the mail. And um, there's three tiers, at least here in New York. I don't know how it works in other states. But there's one where you can watch three movies a month. There's one where you can watch four movies a month. And there's one where you can watch unlimited movies a month. And they go up in price based on the tier that you pick. So I picked unlimited, so 50 bucks a month. I can go see one movie every day of that month if I want to. So it pays for itself really fast. In like four movies yeah. here in New York. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. And um, not every theater is on there, but it has... A lot of them. Like here in Queens, I mean, I have to go to Kaufman. is pretty much my only option. Unless yeah. I want to go to Willie B. Go yeah. down to Willie B and uh, go to Nighthawk or something. But Yeah. yeah. Your, your wife is touring, as we've talked about. Mine yeah. will be in a show in California this summer. So I think mm -hmm. I will join you if you're still doing it. You should. I'm still going to do it when she yeah. gets back. We'll yeah. just go see movies all the time. And then we'll have, you know, actually have something to talk about uh, on this show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't talk to you about Colossal or something. Well, know, so. I was going to ask, is that, what's the last movie you saw with MoviePass? Uh, Get Out, actually, but I, I paid for Get Out before, so I've seen oh. Get Out twice, okay. But I because I, um, I didn't have any other options. I went to go see Sophie in Connecticut, and my options and times were very slim while I was there. But I saw Colossal, and it was okay. Um, I think it's getting a lot of like false praise for mm. tackling... Um, domestic abuse in some way and alcohol addiction in some way, but 
I think people are craving originality right now. And it just, I feel like something like this passes for like this excellent movie that everyone thinks is so great. Right. And it's, it's fine. It's not, I don't think it's great by any means. And I think a lot of motivations and character choices are really, really weak. But some people say, this is exactly what a person looks like who is a domestic abuser. And I'm not keyed in on that because I neither have been domestically abused or <laughs> domestically abused people. So I feel like if a movie's going to be a classic or it's going to be a great film, it has to be universally um, accepted or not accepted, but it has to be universally applicable to like everyone's lives. Like yeah. if you think of any movie that's about alcohol addiction or that is about domestic abuse, yeah. Raging Bull, Home Alone, everyone, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Barney's Big Adventure, uh, you know, uh. <laughs> all the tough hitting classics. So yeah, yeah, I um, that's beside the point. Yeah, movie it, se- great. It, it seems like anytime something comes out that's you know, slightly different people nowadays. They yeah. rush to it and they just think it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And without really trying to have a analytical yeah. view and and like to talk about it. Yeah. But because it's not formula, it's amazing and it's high art. And I haven't seen it, but I I trust you. I take you at your word. How was Hathaway though? Was she was she good? Uh full disclosure, I'm not a big Hathaway fan. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> uh but she was okay. Okay, she was okay. Jason Sudeikis was pretty good. Cool. Um, and then, um, what's his name from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, John Turturro? No, uh, no, the other one, the, the shorter one, the the little. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember the his really, name. really country one. Yeah, who tur- uh, thinks he's going to turn to a fro- yeah, frog or turned him into a horny toad? Yeah, he turned. <laughs> um, yeah, he he was great, but he gets underutilized okay. and he disappears. Um, like 60 minutes into the movie, just gone. Okay. just goes away. But that's beside the point. Cool. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was, Gabe, just call me an idiot right now. You're an idiot. Okay, that was way... You didn't even hesitate. Uh, well, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I forgot our highly successful new um, segment mm. of the show last time. We have to implement this? I was hoping you'd forget it. <laughs> no, of course not. Do you remember the word from last time? Uh, coterminous. Exactly. Was the word. From now last it's in time. your head. Yes. This one um, seems a little bit harder. Okay. So this is the word of the day. Green collar. Green collar? Green collar. Like the color green? Yeah, green collar. Noting or pertaining to workers, jobs, or businesses that are involved in protecting the environment or solving environmental <laughs> problems. <laughs> so there's white collar, there's blue collar, yeah, and there's green collar now. Yeah. Weird. I'm sure there's like yellow collar and... I don't know. Why, why do we have to have all these different collars? Well, we got to include every color of collar. What's you got to be inclusive, Gabe. So the green collar is someone who works for the EPA. Yeah. Or just anyone or, that or the, some yeah. some hippie activist who hugs a tree and yeah. has no job. Yeah. Well, it says workers, jobs, oh. or businesses. Oh, okay. So that so might exclude them. Would Captain America be green collar, or is he in another league altogether? Um, because he's protecting the world. Well, he's uh, he's all about the environment. Oh, is he? Wind, water, earth, heart. You don't remember? Did you say Captain America or Captain Planet? <laughs> I said Captain America. Yeah, okay, I was like, I was really I, confused. I, I told you yesterday. I just watched Civil War. Yeah. Um, so for some reason, that's on my mind. But Captain Planet, <laughs> everyone, just a me. little bit different. Captain America might have been one of those kids. We don't know. Maybe he grew up to be Captain America because of the influence of Captain Planet. Well, he definitely wasn't the heart kid. No. <laughs> and he's been around since like 19, 
like I don't know, fifty or something. So oh yeah, forties. He was in the world, the World War too. Yeah, sorry guys, Captain Planet. Wow. Yeah. Even I, as a kid, knew that show was super lame. Mm-hmm. I just didn't watch it. I was yeah. like, this is dumb. Who wants to watch this? I liked Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Taught me about the environment. Let's move on. Yes, so today we are talking about a special little movie featuring two great actors, um, two great comedians, two great guys that were influences on me and probably you. And a lot of people, we are discussing the film that was released in December of 1980, our final episode of our first season, Stir Crazy. What are you doing? I'm getting bad. You better get bad, Jack, because you ain't bad. You're going to get fucked. You're bad. They don't mess with you. (laughs) Hey, home. Get down. Hey. You're a little too bad, aren't you? Yeah! Do some of these. Right on. Right. Yeah! Yeah, all right, all right, here we go. All right. That's right, that's right, we're bad. Huh? That's right. You don't want no shit either. That's right. Darn right. We don't want no shit. You understand? Uh, we don't take too much shit. Yeah, guys. Take a little bit. We don't take no much shit. Damn right. That's right. Say no shit. No shit. That's right. No shit. No. I'm trying to get. We don't take no shit. So Stir Crazy is a movie that I grew up always seeing on TV, but I never actually sat down and watched it all the way through. Mm-hmm. I just sort of saw funny moments from it, and it was another one of those movies that your parents always laugh at when they the name comes up and they say oh yeah stir crazy haha mm-hmm. or um it's up there with silver streak i that was a great movie with Pryor and gene wilder yeah um see so, no evil hear no evil which i didn't see that's a good one uh yeah i have them all written down here but but yeah. i i liked it yeah for it, the most part for the yeah, most part it was good the the other one they did was another you um another you another you it was in 1991 so it was a little bit later but I think Silver Streak was probably the best out of the four, personally. And then I think I would put See No Evil, Hear No Evil right below that. And then Stir Crazy, and I haven't seen another you. So maybe that okay. could be the best one. Yeah, I think Silver Streak is better movie. definitely the best. Yeah, better movie. I think it's funnier. This one's funny. It's still funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor are like this you know, famous duo from the 70s and 80s. Um, even before they were on screen together, Richard Pryor was writing stuff that Gene Wilder was mm-hmm. in, like Blazing Saddles. Yeah, Richard he was, Pryor he was, was a writer on that. Part of it, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's fun to watch them together because they really click, and I think they discovered that, mm-hmm. I guess, on Silver Streak or yeah. whatever they were in first, and they kind of were like, man, this is great. We like this. Yeah, there was an interview with Gene Wilder where he basically said, um, me and Richard have had a relationship since like the mid early 70s we were friends uh, Gene Wilder was a last minute substitution in Blazing Saddles and then I think yeah. that's kind of where they hit it off and I think Blazing Saddles was 76, 75 yeah it wasn't too long before somewhere in there um, and, and Blazing Saddles is incredible I, I still love that movie <laughs> but uh, I, I do love it it's after yeah. several rewatches it's it gets tiresome you know yeah I mean that, slapstick and you know yeah. is what it is it doesn't hold up as well as it did back then but it's oh, yeah. still i still love it it holds a 
very yeah. special place. Well, I mean, their humor w- would not be acceptable today. Like in Silver Streak. Oh, yeah. The, the Gene Wilder scene where he's yes. in blackface. Yes. Yes. But it's amazing and very funny. It's funny, but there's no way it would fly today. <laughs> they sort of do some of that in this movie when they get put in prison, and it's really funny, yeah. but we'll get there. There's some of that. Um, the budget for this movie was $101,500,000. I think that's... How do you say that? $101 million. You mean what it grossed, not the yes, budget? Yes, the gross. Yeah, not the budget. Yeah. Um, I, I, $101 million, I have 300000 at the box office. But maybe five, oh, really? whatever. It made a lot of money. Maybe that was opening weekend. Yeah, it made a lot for yeah. nineteen eighty. It's a one hundred million dollar or yeah, one hundred million dollar gross because this is also the first movie by an African American director to gross over a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So I think it was open for a while. I think it was open into January and February. Yeah, and it it says it was the third highest grossing movie of nineteen eighty, only behind nine to five mm-hmm. and Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So did well. That's pretty sweet to be yeah. up there with, with Empire. Yeah, that's heralded a company. But the budget was only $10 million. So ah, there we go. 10 million, huge, yeah. huge return on investment there. Yeah. And uh, some of the trivia that I thought was interesting, I already said this is the first movie directed by an African-American to gross over $100 million in North America. And then um, 350 Arizona State prison inmates actually worked as extras in the film. Yeah. But cool. that was stressful. <laughs> for the actors, for anybody, for anyone <laughs> involved in filming, yeah, yeah, I having mean, to like wrangle everyone. And... It's at a real prison. I think they were there for a few weeks, and mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that's pretty funny. There was another piece. One of the guys in the movie was mistaken for a prisoner. Mm-hmm. They were leaving set one day, and he got pulled out of this line. And I forgot his name. He's not very. He's not in the movie very much, but he took it as a compliment because he's like, <laughs> you, you know, you thought I was a real prisoner. So yeah. It might have been a joke with the, oh, with may, the wardens there. Maybe, you know, maybe just, just ragging on them. Yeah. Uh, so some of the, did you have any other trivia? Yeah, one funny note. This is one of five movies where actor Gene Wilder plays a man wrongfully accused of committing a crime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Silver Streak, like we said, and then The Frisco Kid, which is a great movie if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. with uh, a very young um, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Stir Crazy, Hanky Panky, and See No Evil. Evil, hear no evil. She no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> who's who's that? Who are you? Uh, uh, I am uh, you Kim go- Jong Il. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I'm calling the cops immediately. Uh, but that, that's all I have. And then uh, one of the actors who we'll talk about, Erlen Van Litt. He's the mm-hmm. massive, terrifying, yeah, the big big dude. He's an interesting um, guy. He graduated from MIT. Yeah, yeah. He graduated from MIT. He was allowed to wear his ring that they get their their graduation yeah. ring, and so who knew? He was a, a beautiful singer. I was him singing in the yeah. movie at yeah. some point. So some scores: uh, fifty on Metascore, Metacritic. Sorry, six point eight on IMDb, sixty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and then two out of four stars from Ebert. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's how I feel. I feel like it's a it's half of a it's, movie. It's again. a half movie again, <laughs> yeah. like Private Benjamin. Yeah, I, I mean it's the same movie, but it's still half of a good movie. <laughs> it's the same movie as Private Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same exact plot. <laughs> it's the um, same plot. Yeah, yeah just a hundred percent less Goldie yeah, Hawn. Yeah, Tootsie was the more popular um, cross-dressing movie, but Gene Wilder yeah. uh, is a woman and gets accepted into the army in this mm-hmm. movie. No, um, <laughs> it's just I'm, what I mean by that is that it's good for the first half mm-hmm. and not so great for the second half. It, did you ever notice that he also always plays a writer? 
He's he's a playwright in this yeah, one. That's... He's a he's a writer in Silver Streak. Yeah, that's true. It's I good, feel like he's a writer good, in everything. He was a writer in Willy Wonka and the yeah. Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a writer of sweet treats. A writer of treats. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and jump in. So, the opening credits just establish that the setting is New York in winter. It's a five minute mm-hmm. cue card, like uh, you know, they're just telling everyone's names and then people shoveling snow and everything. Yeah. Just in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that Harry, who is Richard Pryor, is a butler for a wealthy white family. He's a failed actor. Um, so this is what he does for money. And um, in one of the funnier scenes in the movie, uh, somebody is making a, like a stew or a soup in the back. And she accidentally substitutes what she think I, I think she said was oregano. Yes. She thinks it's oregano. Yes. But it's actually Harry's stash of weed. Yeah. And so everyone at the, the party is all like, Lucy yeah. goosey and having a good time dinner party it's funny because before you know that happened there's two people at the table and they're like um he's uh, richard Pryor's like would you like some more wine yes mm-hmm. and can i have some more of that delicious salad everybody mm-hmm. wants the salad for some reason yeah um and he's like sure okay and then another person wants it and he goes back there and realizes that they put it mistakenly put it in the salad but also the soup and the i don't know something else like the main yeah. dish so these people are high out of their minds and yeah. they're having the best time and they just think everything's wonderful mm-hmm. yeah it's very funny very very funny very funny uh and this is this scene gets intercut with a scheme uh, it's not a scheme a scene where we're introduced to uh skip who is gene wilder's character and he works in a woman's department store area and he works as like a um what, what do you say it was like, like a, a detective s- or um, a part-time detective i guess the way I see it now in New York is loss prevention. Like, yeah. uh, he's a loss prevention person. He watches to see if people are stealing things. Mm-hmm. He, like, walks around the store, and he's undercover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the, he's a security guard, basically, but mm-hmm. he's in modern clothing. and Yeah, and he, he's a playwright, and he sees this woman that he would like to have in his show, and he says that he knows that she's, like, naked underneath her clothes and was stealing a dress. And It's weird. Like, she yeah. steals it, puts it on, and then takes Thro- it off. Throws, it, throws away. it away. And he... Yeah. And that, so he sees this woman. He's like, "Were you Juliet in this play? You were amazing. Mm-hmm. By the way, I know that you stole some. Cl- you tried to steal some clothes, and she gets mad, and mm-hmm. you know, is so upset, and just can't believe she's being accused. And um, he sort of follows her around and keeps running into her, and it goes back to Richard Pryor at the dinner. And mm-hmm. but I just wanted to say that little kickoff thing doesn't really go anywhere. You don't really know where that where that goes. Oh, which one with the with the girl? At the, oh, with the, the girl. Store. I think it was just introducing. Yeah, Skip. Yeah, but a weird. Yeah, it's a weird way to introduce. No, like to, no other bearing in the film. To have a plot line of a woman who puts a dress on, I just it was just odd. Why would, why would you put a like? Did she take her dress off to throw away and change into a new dress and walk out of the store? And she I think so. Okay, I think that's what it that was. That makes more sense then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. We cut back to Harry, who uh, tries to play off the high of, that they're <laughs> experiencing on the wine. Um, oh but, yeah yeah it's yeah. Good, good wine mm-hmm. and yeah. this priest like flirts with a woman at the table <laughs> yeah. and just a kooky weird he's scene, never yeah. felt this feeling before and yeah yeah and the the dinner host is this old <laughs> little old lady and it cuts back to prior at this dinner and she's just ripping pieces of salad by hand and just like throwing them <laughs> in her mouth and just really interested in everyone's conversation mm-hmm. so it's just it's funny to watch but i wrote down his <laughs> His excellent monologue in his the green, kitchen. His green collar monologue. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, the workers who supplied this were probably green collar workers. Yeah, I'm but, assuming. Um, yeah, so he, he's in the kitchen with the cook and this maid who's helping serve. The maid accidentally 
puts the weed in all his food. Mm-hmm. And Richard Pryor is very upset because like three-fourths of this big big bottle, it's like several ounces of, <laughs> of pot are, is gone. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the cook says, or, or, the, or the, the waitress, mm-hmm. the maid, she says, maybe they'll think it's the wine. And he says, think it's the wine? He goes, let me tell you something. There is no wine in the world that, and then he kind of cuts off and he puts the pot in her face. He says, smell that, huh? This is 65 African gunji from the motherland. Don't you understand? It's been soaked in the earth back home. This is mean. One joint of this put Southern California to sleep back in 65. Did you know there was a revolution in 65? We went to sleep and missed it because of this. Um, yeah, and then he gets mad. He's like, I hope you had fun because I won't be having any fun. Yeah. It's great. It's, but it's just so funny. He's so it's animated. Yeah. It's so animated. Despite Gibbs' uh, incredibly animated performance, yes. it doesn't quite live up to Richard Pryor's deliverance it of doesn't. that uh, line. So, <laughs> yeah, it's one of, it's one of my favorite parts of the film. He's just like, that's what I wanted him to be the whole movie, and he ends up taking a backseat to Gene Wilder in this movie, which is was weird to me. Yeah, uh, but it it was really funny and just really developed who he is and what he cares about. Yeah. So Harry and Skip meet at a restaurant. After that, they both got fired from their jobs. Um, Harry flirts with this woman, but she's into Skip. I don't really know what that was about. Um, Skip, like there are these two men that start fighting. I think one was checking coats, maybe. And I think it was a guy, a taxi driver. Oh, it was the, a taxi the, the driver. Guy the okay. guy didn't pay him enough. Oh, uh, yeah, he didn't follows tip him? The, Yeah, he follows the guy in the restaurant, and so they have a, a quarrel, and they start fighting. Uh, the the taxi driver is like a pretty small guy, and mm-hmm. the guy that walks in is really really tall. Um, Skip sees that and he says that he's going to go stop them from fighting. But before that, but, though, he he's had like a life change because he got fired. Yeah, and he meets him at the restaurant. And he's in the best mood in the world mm-hmm. because he now can see with clarity. He's so happy to have gotten fired. He just he wants to do something about his life, mm-hmm. and he has all these thoughts on people in the world. And if just if people would just look at each other and reason and talk to each other, the world would be better. And he I mean, he's complaining about. New York City saying that it just kills people. Yeah, it's it makes loud. It, it's on. Yeah. E- everybody's on edge all the time. They just need to relax. Mm-hmm. So these two guys are fighting, and that's why he's, you know, <laughs> he's gonna go solve the issue now because he has this like enlightened viewpoint of the world. And Richard Pryor's was like, "Don't go over there, man." Mm-hmm. And but he he does. So continue. He goes over there, and then the smaller guy has the um, larger man's testicles <laughs> in some pliers, right? That which, he was picked up off the counter. Yeah, and Gene Wilder doesn't know this. He doesn't know this. So they, he thinks been that, fighting, and he yeah. So so he thinks that he's mediating it, but actually <laughs> this guy just doesn't want to get his balls squashed. Right. So he like hands the driver some money, and then Skip thinks that he's you right. know fixed their yeah, issue. He, he th- he's like, see. He's got to talk. <laughs> he's got to talk to people. But it's funny because he's there for, it's very Gene Wilder. He's like, he mm-hmm. stands there for like four minutes and talks to them and all gently and lovingly. And it's just, they're only calm because he has his balls in a vice yeah. grip, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, Skip says that he wants to move to California. Like, that's where he wants to be. He says that there's beautiful women there, there's beaches. So, and I guess that sounds appealing to Harry. So they head out. Yeah. Um, and then their van, they're, they, have a road trip, like a little bit of a montage where they're just driving through some canyons, highways, whatever. And their van breaks down in Glenboro, Arizona, which I don't think is a real town. I think it might be fictional. Maybe. I don't know. But um, so they stop in a bar and they have to look for jobs there because they have to, I guess, make up the money they lost paying to fix the van. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Skip loves the town. Like he loves the grit of this 
crappy southern yeah. town <laughs> yeah. that he's in. Um, and they're in kind of a seedy dive bar, and they see these two guys using... It's not a punching bag. Is is it called a punching bag, or is that different than the one um, they were using? It's not an actual punching bag. It's just yeah. a, it's a little thing that it's like a rounded teardrop shape that you yeah. just it it bounces back at hit you. hit it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, like very rocky. I don't know. Practice pra- speed bag. I think is what it's called. A speed bag. That sounds right. Yeah, you said that with confidence. Yeah, so speed I believe bag. you. <laughs> just popped into my brain. Yeah. Uh, so Skip <laughs> walks over and and talks to them like he wants to get to know people there. And uh, Harry, of course, is like, no, don't don't do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, like, they're like two out. like really country cowboy guys who are drinking and mm-hmm. look angry and and Skip starts punching the bag and he's like actually kind of good at it which is weird yeah well that's that's a joke in this movie is that he's really good Good at everything yeah Yeah. (laughs) and uh one of the guys like one of the hicks grabs the bag and stops him and then just punches the bag and it just flies off the thing and like breaks a chandelier or something or a light yeah it was a pretty good practical i don't know what i don't know how they did it but it looks funny like it's very real i don't know if it was he actually did that. I don't know, but it like, yeah, it breaks the you know those old school um, stained glass chandeliers over pool tables. Yeah, like they don't really have them anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, it shatters one of those, and this funny. Yeah. Um, after that, they get a job dancing in bird costumes as an advertisement for a local bank. Yeah, and that's a bank at a bank. Yeah, in the lobby or something. It's in the lobby. Yeah, which is really weird. Um, but they just kind of do a song and a dance, and they're wearing these giant chicken costumes, uh, woodpecker costumes, Wood, woodpecker costumes. It's it's what they're wearing in the poster. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's not. A, I guess it is important to the film, but it's not like a big moment in the film. So I thought it was weird that they had them in that. Yeah, but, it's just showing this dumb jingle they have to sing about like saving money at this bank and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and they're just doing it to make money. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So Skip and Harry um, leave to go to lunch. And they're eating all this, like they have Whataburger and they have Dunkin' Donuts and all this stuff. I noticed Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't yeah. see the Whataburger. Oh, there's a Whataburger bag behind them. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's was, no Whataburger in Arizona, is it there? It was a cool vintage bag yeah. of Whataburger. One thing I noticed, there's, there's Dunkin' Donut bags and then Gene Wilder has like three cups of yogurt sitting next to him. I don't mm-hmm. think it was just bad prop uh, placement, but I'm like, no one would eat. Three. Maybe he likes yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he loves the dairy. Yeah. I don't know. Yogurt's delicious. Yeah. Faye. They're having <laughs> Faye. That's Greek yogurt if no one knows if you're mm-hmm. listening. It's with got some, a lot of protein. It's good a, for you. With a fruit cup yeah. on the side. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. But they're having a nice casual break, eating their lunch in a park. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they're eating, as I'm, I'm sure you're about to say, mm-hmm. um, two men, it cuts back to the locker room where their woodpecker costumes are, and you just see a hand come and like take a costume off the wall and, you know, Dun dun dun, and then it, these two guys are in the bank now doing the woodpecker bit, mm-hmm. and they're bank robbers. And we, it's the two guys from the bar, but you don't necessarily know it at that time. But the two spoiler alert. Well, it's not that important. That doesn't even matter. Like, jeez. Really. But there, they rob the bank. Yeah. And um, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor come back to the bank after break. They see all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, Skip is like, "Well, what if something's wrong? Let's go and." Um, Richard Pryor's like, no, stop it. And they run up and the bank manager says, that, those are the guys. They did it. They're the ones who did it. Mm-hmm. So now they're framed and wrong, not framed, but wrongfully accused. Yeah. An important detail is that you see a uh, tattoo on the hand that grabs the yes. the woodpecker head. So um, that's not for no reason. That's some uh, right. foreshadowing You're there. Right. Incredibly uh, intelligent 
Great writing. Yes. So Skip and uh, Harry, like you said, show up, and then the bank manager says that they did it, so they get arrested. This is another really funny scene that we referenced earlier where they try to, (laughs) quote-unquote, act hard in front of... uh, it's like a holding cell for a bunch of people that are going mm-hmm. to jail, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's like an overnight thing mm-hmm. full of guys playing poker. It's got like 50 dudes in it. Yeah. And they, they walk in with like their chest puffed out and they're kind of like, they have like a weird fake swagger. Uh, what does Richard Pryor say when they're walking, as they're getting escorted to the cell? He's like, you got to be bad. And they yeah. start like, because they're like bopping up and yeah, down. Yeah, bopping like their heads. And then, of course, Gene Wilder starts to do it. And it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're both great doing it because Richard mm-hmm. Pryor is kind of like this scared little guy yeah. in the movie and uh, he's acting all bad. And, he's, got, he's got the street smarts, though. Yeah, it's so funny. It's <laughs> yeah. so great. So they're they're in the cell with all these guys and Skip sees a, a man trying to catch a fly. Yeah. And then he I, is entranced by that. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But the guy's kind of weird and he's trying to catch trying to, it. He's trying to catch a fly, but... He, he skip sees him and then he starts to hear the fly like in his head it starts to become really loud and then he slaps the back of this guy's head trying to catch the fly yeah it lands on a bald guy's head and he just slaps yeah. the guy really hard on the top of the head slaps him on the back of the head and that guy gets up and he's angry and he kind of uh, threatens skip a little bit and then he rears back to punch him skip moves and he has he hits the biggest guy in the cell mm, right this in very, the face yeah this very large uh, black man with a cigarette in his mouth and a cowboy hat and just, he, all he's wearing is like a like a denim vest yeah he looks like a gi joe from like the yeah. car- from the cartoons <laughs> that in the 80s that's like not in his fatigues he's yeah. just off for the day mm-hmm. that's kind of how he looks it's a very big man so he gets punched in the face that cigarette breaks um, the new guy gets him, he gives him a new cigarette and then the big guy walks over to Harry and asks him to light his cigarette. And it's at this point where he kind of fumbles with some matches and like tries to light <laughs> yeah. it and he has yeah. to light it on the guy's <laughs> vest. Is that what he uses? Yeah. Uh, Richard Pryor tries to like, he tries to light it on his own like face. For yeah. A while. <laughs> so he's like, oh, he's like, oh no, oh yeah, no. Yeah, he's freaking out. <laughs> and he, again... He's so good in this scene because he's mm-hmm. terrified. He is just, even more so than uh, Gene Wilder, he's just horrified to be in this prison. And uh, yeah, so he's fumbling and shaking. And then he finally, to get it to light, he does it on this guy's hairy chest and it mm-hmm. lights. And, and um, I think the guy asks them what they're in for. Yeah. Or, yeah, what are you in for? Basically? Yeah. And then he laughs and says bank robbery is like 125 years or something. Yeah. He's kind of impressed by bank robbery. He's like, oh man, that's yeah. some messed up stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and apparently bank robbery is like one of the worst crimes. I don't know. And, and this uh, may be fictional town. I think it's fictional. But um, yeah, people always treat it. They like revere it. They're like, oh, that's a, that's a long Ooh. time in prison. Yeah. It was worse a comedic, than like a double. It was yeah. a comedic sentencing. I'd be interesting to know if, if that's actually true. I, I doubt it would be true now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Um, and then a lawyer comes in. His name is Len. And he arrives for Skip and Harry. And he's the guy that's taking over their case. Um, and he, he says he puts in he put in two pleas, right, for them. Yeah. He could have put in more, but he only put in two. on. So he's attacking this very specific loophole, I guess, for right. them. And so they go to the court. And that doesn't fly. So they both get 125 years sentence. Which is another hilarious yeah. scene. They're standing there, and as the as they the guy makes his case, the judge is like, "I sentence you to 125 years for bank robbery." And mm. immediately, I'm going to try to do this. Okay, <laughs> Gene Wilder's again very Gene Wilder 
humor. He goes, wah, wah, wah. And he starts doing this W-A, wah, like wah, wah, wah. And it's so funny. And he's yeah. just can't, he doesn't know what to do. And Stop making that noise. Sorry, yeah, your neighbors, <laughs> My neighbors. are very confused. <laughs> so. Who is this man saying, wah? <laughs> like my neighbors are 70-year-old women or the something. The couple upstairs is romancing <laughs> each other. Wah. What? Anyway, it's great. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a very just panicky, um, produ- like the producers Gene Wilder when he yeah. freaks out. It's the same thing. It's so great. And a little bit of uh, court humor. They walk out and they say, "How much actual time is that?" And the lawyer says, "30 years." Oh yeah. So they, yeah, you don't have good to, behavior or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to serve your entire sentence. So it's at this point where they're transferred to the Glenboro State Prison, and then they have to march with other inmates who they're shackled to. So everyone's got this weird like Egyptian slave shackles yeah get up around their neck and their hands and yeah. they all have to like walk together and Skip isn't good at it so he kind of falls down and people get mad at him and he has this is where they establish this weird um, relationship with a warden a very specific warden that he's always like hey I'm gonna tell on you or not a warden just a guard a guard yeah yeah, yeah. But, but he's just—he's always really rough with them and pushes them around and stuff. Uh, that, that guy who, like, yeah, yeah. And Gene Wilder gets very defensive yeah. in a nice <laughs> way. Yeah, he's it's like very funny. <laughs> he's like, you should be nice to people. Well, he's or, like, excuse me, don't you know, like, don't push me because he's pushing everybody to to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And so for the rest of the movie, for like a, a few scenes, mm-hmm. anytime the guy's physical, Gene Wilder, you know, someone who's sort of just uh, not in touch with what's really with yeah. reality. He's never been to prison. Uh, right. So he's like, it. he's yeah. like, keeps turning around. Like if he's like, if you don't stop pushing me, I will talk to your boss. I'll talk to someone or whatever. <laughs> it's like always on the verge of tears. Yeah. You need to be civil with people. And it's, it's so, so funny. And the guy of course doesn't care. He just deadpan and like keeps pushing him. But it's yeah. a very funny bit because it just happens over and over again. Yeah. Gabe, hypothetical. Mm. You murder somebody and you go to jail. Do you follow the rules or do you act? Do you act out? Dude. Day one, I start pumping weights. I get swole. <laughs> Hitting the iron, dude. Because you got to get gains in prison. You have to be rough and tough. Uh-huh. Day two, I befriend a gang of, uh-huh. of people. Day three, I kill their leader. Oh, my God. Day four, I become their leader. Wow. Day five, I've got everything I need. I'm the man who can get you things. Uh-huh. And I live a comfortable life in prison <laughs> for the rest of my term. That might be the fastest rise to gang ownership. It probably in the is. History it's of just a five day turnaround. But oh, I mean I'm pretty hard, dude. Just yeah. look at me. Yeah. I mean You're tough, I'm man. a tough guy. You're tough. <laughs> See I um I would just try to get killed as fast as possible. <laughs> just try to die. <laughs> I would push everyone, but everyone think I was really crazy. You would take like, all those like Andy Dufresne, all those guys, you'd take them back to that room where they try to Ripe him and uh, <laughs> yeah. just tell him to just murder you. Yeah, yeah, just like that. You would Shawshank yourself quickly, yeah. but you would die. No, I would Shawshank and spoon out of the wall. You would probably be my first target. You think so? With my gang, oh, okay. that's the way it would work. <laughs> is that kill that? Are, do you know me? Are we in the same prison? And you just want me to die? Uh, that... Yeah, I don't oh. know. I will, or I would do it as a favor. Oh, okay, you're telling, yeah. me, you're telling me now. So yeah, just see that ginger over there. Yeah, I I give you permission. <laughs> to kill you? Yes. No, not here. If we oh, ever get oh, in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't kill me now. I was getting ready. I was getting a pillow ready to <laughs> snuff your life out. So in the next scene, they they take a test. I guess it's an aptitude test of some sort. I don't I don't know what they're doing really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it's also funny. Yeah, and, and it's in, like in a class. Yeah, he know. has another disagreement with that <laughs> yeah. officer, yeah. and he stands up and he just like 
you know, tells him to stop p- picking on him again. And then the police officer just makes him sit down. Yeah. Pushes so. him down. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Um, so they're on their way to their cells now. And Skip has starts having a mental breakdown and starts like ripping off his shirt. One of the funniest scenes in the movie. (laughs) He's like running around just being crazy, like yelling at everyone. And then he jumps on the officer's back and like starts like hitting him like a horse. Yeah, he's like, let's go. Get get me out of here. (laughs) But but he's absolutely going insane. Uh But it's so funny because they're walking slowly to their cell in line and he sort of like steps out of line and doesn't realize it. And so that's, and the guy walks up to him and is like, get back in line. Mm -hmm. And then he sort of smiles and laughs and mm-hmm. starts and then he slowly just starts to do these crazy things and he's <laughs> stress man he's screaming and jumping around and richard pryor's like calm down calm down he doesn't mean anything you know don't hurt him he's not gonna do he's just he's crazy mm-hmm. he'll pass in a minute don't worry <laughs> and uh, again he's gene wilder man he was so good at that stuff that the, this crazy physical comedy stuff another funny thing about the scene is that harry was keeping him together but then after he's all calmed down yeah. Jumar's like okay i'm good I'm and good. then harry freaks out immediately <laughs> harry starts his yeah, yeah. his freak out <laughs> session and so, uh and you, you can tell it's it's totally improvised i think oh yeah 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 because prior is freaking out and gene wilder's like all right it's gonna be over in five seconds and he yeah. starts to count out loud and by the time he's done he's He's calm and and they accept their fate and walk to the. They were the original like Seth Rogen comedy camp of friends. Yeah, who, you know they improvise seventy five percent of their yeah. scenes. I'm sure. So funny. They just you know this is where we want to go. This is where we need to be, and then just go get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which works really well for for these two especially because they had just such a special connection. Um, so the the next scene is in the lunchroom and they spot a very large man whose name is Grossberger. Mm. Uh, the gentleman we mentioned earlier who Erland, graduated from MIT. Erland Van Lith. Erland Van Lith. He's Norwegian, I think, and he's huge. He's a big old boy. He's like 6'6 six, six and like <laughs> yeah. probably th- close to Three, 400 pounds. 350 at least. Pushing 400. Definitely. Yeah. He's And he's bald and just his, he has like a baby face, so he looks like a giant yeah. baby. But everyone's afraid of him because he gets up and he goes to get like a salt shaker off a table and everyone leaves that table yeah, as soon as he comes back over. back and leave and then freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. So you know he's you know he's a bad you know he's a bad dog. He's a bad boy. He's a bad dog. Bad dog. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, the next scene takes place in would you call this a courtyard? It's not recess. Uh, <laughs> you call it recess? It's 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 a uh, it's a prison yard. That's, a prison that's yard. Term. Yeah. It's okay. Just, it's just it's not recess, but it's they're outside and it's like recreation time, basically. Yeah. yeah just like recess. Are, yeah. I mean, it is. It's adult recess. <laughs> guys are lifting weights, playing basketball, uh, fighting, like wrestling. I guess I don't know. Adult incarcerated recess. Yeah. Which again, is a great band name. Again, which is where I'm going to rule the yard <laughs> as the as the lord of the prison. As the top dog. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where they learn who Blade and Jimmy Graham are. Blade. Blade is kind of, uh, he's a gang leader. He's this African-American guy. He looks very mean. Like his hair, he has very interesting hair. I've never yeah. seen a hairstyle before. Yeah, but like uh, his hair's sort of the, I don't know. The, it's natural, but it looks like a helmet. And he like, it, it, he smooths it, it, it back. was a style back then. Like it's yeah. like straight back, but it's really thick. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, it is kind of weird. But yeah. It's like a fro, but if you just push it all back. Yeah. Like, you know, the white dude haircut where you comb it back with the, with right. the palm yeah oil or whatever you use in your hair and so that's that's what he did uh not important but except interesting. he's black he's not white he's, yeah yeah i mentioned that that's the guy Thank who you. i referenced oh sorry he's the one i referenced <laughs> earlier who was mistaken for an actual prisoner yes so. yeah 
Um, and then he meets Jimmy, or they don't meet them, but they learn who Jimmy Graham are. They're kind of briefed by uh, Jesus, who is become going to become one of their friends. Um, and Jimmy Graham is a cowboy-looking type. He has like a toothpick in his mouth and a cowboy mm-hmm. hat, and he's... I don't know. He's feared in in the prison, but yeah, I guess he's, he's respected. An, another hard guy. He's like in well with the warden. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a note for our listeners: uh, this is played by Jonathan Banks, who mm-hmm. is Mike in Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and Better Call Saul. Which I know you're not the biggest Breaking Bad fan, but mm-hmm. if you are, Mike is a huge character. Um, so I looked him up. He's he's definitely been around forever. But it's it's a young Mike from Breaking Bad mm-hmm. as this character. So cool trivia there. Fun fact. Um, and we also meet Rory. I think we met Rory earlier, actually. Actually. <laughs> actually. <laughs> Rory earlier, actually. Uh, <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> and uh, he is an effeminate man in the prison, and he starts basically making Harry his boyfriend. Of yeah, sorts, he's, he's, so. a, he's a homosexual. Yeah, uh, but he's not scary. No, no. Yeah. Well, are, are you scared of homosexuals? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not at all what I was saying. Whoa, man. Hang on. <laughs> no, I'm saying the trope in prison is that, you know, men are taken advantage yes. in prison and the most, the biggest men are like the most effeminate and want to have boyfriends or whatever. Right, right. But Rory is not that way. No, he's just like a nice gay man. A nice gay but, man. But he, yeah. he definitely... Um, Right off the bat, like hits on Richard Pryor, but it's not it's not threatening. It's not gonna mm-hmm. you know he's not gonna Shawshank Redemption him in, yeah. the, in the in the laundry room. He's not gonna do no. that. No, he's not gonna do that. He's not forceful. So in the next scene, Skip and Harry are I, I guess getting their cases seen, or are they auditioning for this thing that he's doing? I could, I don't know what they're in there for. When they meet the warden, the warden. Yeah. So you learn that they go to the warden's office and. <laughs> Uh, they they think they're there to I guess just meet him and Gene Wilder of yeah. course in his sort of oblivious happy state has written down all these ideas to make the prison a better place yeah. <laughs> and he's like I'm I'm gonna talk to the warden about all this I have some thoughts and um, you learn that it's it's funny Craig T Nelson is in the movie so he's in the warden's office too he's like the head guard I don't know and uh, I do want to say really quickly though the the warden was played by Barry Corbin. Mm-hmm. Um, who's an amazing character actor. You would know him from No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. He's the really old guy who's in that nasty house when Tommy Lee Jones goes to visit him. And yeah. he's, he's like sits in a chair and he's like, something's coming. <laughs> he's got a great voice. Yeah. Um, so he's the warden. Anyway, Gene Wilder starts to get his notepad out. And he's like, all right, warden, I have some ideas. And Craig T. Nelson rips it away and he just goes, get over there and get on the bull. And you're <laughs> yeah. very confused. You're like, what? They're in an office. And then the camera mm-hmm. pans over and there's a mechan- random mechanical bull. Mm-hmm. So that's why they go because every prisoner has to audition mm-hmm. by riding the bull to see if there's a potential rodeo star. We, mm-hmm. we find out that this prison engages in a yearly giant rodeo with this rival prison. There's a lot of money involved. They place bets on it. You know, the warden's kind of a shady guy. So he interviews, quote unquote, everybody to see if they can ride a mechanical bull. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're. To- totally normal. Yeah, totally normal. I mean, yeah, I, I, that happened when I was at at Sing Sing. <laughs> Sing Sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So he, he he auditions and he's a natural essentially. So 
Craig T. Nelson has this kind of menacing looking <laughs> lever that like increases the speed, the speed of the bull. Yeah. He starts low and then the warden just keeps asking him to push it up and up and up and eventually he gets to the highest speed and Skip is just able to handle it. Yeah, no and problems. he's having a great time. He's kind of yeah. like singing and saying yeehaw. And it's funny because when he gets on the bull, he doesn't know how to get on. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's on backwards and then he gets on in front of the saddle. Mm-hmm. He's a city guy. He's New York City. So that they don't think he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out he's amazing. He's a natural. Um... And so uh, you, you, I guess, infer that Beatty wants him to, Warden Beatty is his name, Warden Walter Beatty, wants him to be the guy because they were using Jimmy Graham, who we mentioned earlier, but yeah. he threw out his back or he hurt himself or something. Yeah. And he hasn't been what he used to be. So I guess that's his significance is that he was the star mm-hmm. rodeo guy. Yep. So in the next scene, Jesus, who's part of the gang of uh, Jesus, Rory, Skip, and Harry, yes. they're all together. Um he was actually a professional writer in his hometown in Mexico, I think is where he's from. And he says the competition is BS because the prisoners don't get any of that money that they win. So I think it's rumored that the, they won like $100,000 at the other prison that last year. and Something like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the warden takes all the money. So it's dumb and that's why he's not writing because he doesn't believe in it. Um, and so prisoners compete because the wardens threaten to keep prisoners from parole. So they do anything to convince them to uh, ride for them if they have skills. Uh, this is where we also learn that Harry is planning a jailbreak with both Jesus and Rory now. Um, so I guess he was talking to them while Skip was you know, getting ready to assume his role. Yeah, doing um, something. But they, they tell him that he's Gene Wilder Skip is going to be the one that they pick mm-hmm. to ride the bull. Yeah. And they reveal their plan to him and say, we have an opportunity to break out. Mm-hmm. And it takes him convincing, but he's, he's totally in. Um, and so Jesus also convinced Skip that he needs to hold out from the competition so that he could have something to bargain. He can have some leverage. And so Skip agrees to that. Um, and then Beatty comes down to the courtyard to <laughs> yeah. recruit Skip. Immediately after that. Yeah. yeah. Immediately after that. And by the way, he only had one guard with him. Craig T. Nelson. He had Craig T. Nelson yeah. with him. Yeah, in, in the prison yard. There's a hundred guys <laughs> yeah. out there. Hey, they trust each other, man. <laughs> I you guess know? so. He's a respected warden. I don't know. I'd be afraid of Craig T. Nelson. I wouldn't yeah. want to I wouldn't want to fight Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. He's, he's, he looks tough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then Skip immediately starts his um, <laughs> resistance. So he says that his mother was a vet and he can't do it because she would be very upset with him yes. in heaven. Yeah, she's dead. She's yeah. watching his every move and she loved mm-hmm. animals and so he can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then he begins his um, sort of like the shtick for the some of the rest of the movie for like the next half hour is basically he tries to convince them that he's kind of nuts. Mm. And so he's like, no, I can't do this. My mother wouldn't, you know, he's flattered. Thanks for asking. But and then they're like, well, I don't think you heard me. You will be doing this. And he's like, well, I can't. And he goes, what? what? What's that? <laughs> and he looks up in the sky and it's his mom talking to him. And he's yeah. like, mom, I told you, mother, I told you these men. <laughs> I can't. I said no. Oh, we'll talk about it later in the cell. And they're watching him. And they're very confused. Yeah. And then it's so great. He just he looks at him. He's like, I have to go. And he just walks away. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. The next portion, uh, next fifteen minutes or so, is a montage of him resisting essentially. <laughs> so we don't really have to go into detail on any of these yeah. unless you want to. If think was something was really funny. Well, they're just they're trying to break him. Yeah, they're trying to break him down. So. They chain Skip up in his jail cell and he comes out and he's like, now my back is all fixed. Thanks, guys. Well, he's suspended like yeah. freely in the air with by his arms. And yeah, so it he's looks like quartered. Hor- horribly painful. Yeah, he's yeah. quartered and he's there for, I don't know, a while. Yeah. 
for the, a day probably at <laughs> yeah. least uh, they put him in solitary confinement outside in this <laughs> doghouse and they tried to get him out and he's like, actually, just one more day, yeah. please. It, it's so hot outside and yeah. gross and he's been in there for, again, like a week. Uh-huh. Craig T. Nelson's like, I'll see you next week and they mm. go to get him and he comes out. He's like, just one more day, please. He goes, I was just getting in touch with myself. <laughs> <laughs> in this deprivation chamber. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Uh, then they make the big scary guy from earlier, Grossberger, from the lunchroom, uh, their cellmate. So now Harry and Skip are with this guy, and they think, all right, this is it. He's going to kill them or something. Yeah. They come back, and they end up like playing cards with them. So, yeah, somehow they, they made him their friend. And- so, yeah, Grossberger is part of the gang now. Yeah. Um, and then Len, in the next scene, so Len comes in visitation with his cousin, Meredith, um, and that he tells them that they're both working on the case now together, trying to get them out. And there's a little girl that was in the bank that you see when they actually mm. rob the bank. Mm-hmm. She's willing to testify on account of Skip and Harry, but the girl is seven, so in the court of law, her word doesn't mean anything. Mm. But they're trying to fight that because it's an old law, so they want to break that down. And then um, Skip, you'll see, so it has like the the shot from behind Meredith and Len looking at, at Skip, and as they're saying all this, you would think, oh yeah, great, I, I want to get out of prison, but he's not worried about that at all. He's just worried about Meredith. Yeah, so they're yeah. establishing this this relationship between them. And then Skip asks Meredith if she could be romantically involved with a prisoner, just like <laughs> hypothetically. It's out of nowhere. Yeah, it's and funny. She, she says, um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And she's yeah. kind of confused, like, no. Yeah, so Meredith is more important to Skip than getting out of prison at this point. Um, in the next scene, I think this is just trying to keep Harry relevant in the film. So I personally hated this scene, but it, it was still kind of funny. Um, he gets transferred to a medical ward or the oh. medical wing of the building. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he gets put in bed next to this other guy who talks about how the doctor cut off one of his testicles. Yeah. and accidentally. Accidentally. So he's like, just avoid the Korean doctor. Yeah. And so, of he, course, the Korean doctor comes in. and Yeah, and meets him and he's really nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember why he, he was there. I think he was just feeling sick. I think is what it was. Appendicitis. He says, I got my appendix removed, but they think that they need to remove it again or something. Some, oh, oh, that's... Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, he's, he's not feeling sick. I think they just... I don't know if it's part of trying to separate trying to, yeah. you know, the, the two friends and like... But he basically says, they're telling me I need my appendix taken out, but I already yeah. got it taken <laughs> out. And so yeah. he's freaking out. And the guy he sits next to, yeah, accidentally had his, his uh, testicle cut off. Yeah, just and, one of them. And so the doctor shows up, and Richard Pryor just runs Freaks away, out, runs yeah. away screaming again, which is funny. But again, it's it, funny, but it's not it's necessary. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, I, yeah, you can tell they really wanted to get him involved, and they kind of cornered him out in the script, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So Skip meets with Beatty, the warden, to make a deal, and all he wants is a bigger cell. And if he's going to do the rodeo, he wants his crew, Rory, Jesus, Harry, yeah. and um, and Grossberger to be his crew yeah. for the event. And he gets what he wants. So this is where Skip is now practicing for the event, and he gets thrown off a horse. And then Blade is prepping Harry on how to be a rodeo a clown. Rodeo clown, yeah. Does, did he have prior experience? Why is he... Yeah, I guess so. He's just been there and he's been doing the rodeo for however many years. Okay. And so he now he knows. So he was on Jimmy Graham's team. Yeah, I think he's just the guy who prepares the rodeo clowns. 
Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But, but it's funny because Richard Pryor, again, has a freak out moment where he's like, what about the balloons? Where's the balloon? He thinks he's like a birthday clown. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and so there's a funny moment where Blade is, gives this monologue about how dangerous it is. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. And he also, he says, Blade says there's a word for each bowl oh, that makes yeah. them upset. Yeah. <laughs> and so Harry's trying to guess the word and he's like, uh, toothpaste, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, car seat. As they're about to let a bowl out of the pen, like it's a test. Yeah. So he's standing in front of a bull pen. Yeah. For lack of, I guess that's the term. I don't know. Bull pen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And you keep going, but he's guessing those words. He's guessing and then eventually he just gets tired and, and you know, language here, but he says, oh shit. And, yeah. then, and then the bull gets mad. Yeah. So. And Blade's like, you got it. And, yeah. he's, and he starts, I guess the bull gets released, right? Yeah. It gets released. Yeah, and yeah. so he starts running around and it's preparing fun. to be a rodeo clown. So the, um, in the next scene, it's a montage of the gang trading for jailbreak items in the prison yard mm-hmm. so they like get a long piece of metal they get a screwdriver or something yeah they get all this stuff and then we learn that grossberger works in the metal shop so he kind of crafts these tools for them to use later yeah. they're getting ready to break out and um in the next scene meredith and len come back um looking for evidence I don't know what I meant by looking for evidence. I should have taken a more um, specific note there. Maybe they have. Oh, the tattoo. Uh, yeah. They, they know that they the guy say, had a tattoo. Right. Um, it was like a breakthrough in the case. and Yeah. And so they ask him, did you, did you know anybody with a tattoo on their hand or something? Yeah. And then she, the, um, what's her name? Meredith. Uh, Meredith. She says, there's a shady bar. There's a strip club in town where apparently a lot of, <laughs> it's very generic. A lot of guys with tattoos hang out. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to try to go get a job there. She's very <laughs> devoted. She's very she is devoted very lawyer, devoted. I guess. Yeah. I'm going to get a job there and see if I can find him. So mm-hmm. that's the relevance there. Yeah. And Skip, again, is just not interested in anything but Meredith. So he asks her if she's ever seen A Place in the Sun. Mm. And uh, it's both of their favorite movies mm-hmm. by chance. Um, and so he's just trying to get closer to him. And she likes it. Yeah. So they needed to throw that love interest in there. And yeah. like, all right, just whatever. Freaking do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Make this marketable. So this is where it's like night in prison and Grossberger sings. And yeah. he sings beautifully. He sings yeah. this old prison song. Some nice little song. He sings the whole song. So it's about three and a half minutes of just shots of the prison at night. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very pretty. And that's also where we learn that uh, Craig T. Nelson, Ward Wilson, tells uh, Graham that I couldn't understand what he said. I went back and I listened to hmm. it like 20 times. I couldn't hear it. I don't remember. But I know that he is planning to kill Skip in the event. Oh. Get him killed. Okay. But I couldn't hear what he said exactly. Oh, um, it's, He kind of mumbles. Um, so it's, he, he puts a lock. That's a, probably what he says to him. Something, yeah. Something of that n- nature. Yeah, something but like that. It, we'll get there in the, in the plot. But he, yeah, mm-hmm. he tries to thwart Gene Wilder's, he tries to kill him with a bull, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is really where things just took a nosedive. It, yeah. it takes so long to get to these last scenes, um, and it just really lost what it had in the it first half. Lost all its momentum. It was sad because it turned into not a different movie, but it just sort of yeah, it's just the fun, exciting, exciting part of the movie was just kind of over, and it mm-hmm. was really slow. Yeah, and boring. In the next scene, Meredith is actually working in the strip club and spots the tattoo of the guy who robbed the bank. And it's the same guy from earlier, like you mentioned, from mm-hmm. the punching bag scene. Yeah. So it's him and his friend. So they, they were the ones that, that robbed the bank. And then she goes and gets Len and says that they need to go to the rodeo because they're going to kill Skip. I don't know how she knew that. How did she know that? Uh, 
She says like, we have to get to the rodeo. They're going to hurt Skip. Maybe, uh, maybe she found out at the strip club. Like maybe she overheard. Maybe. I don't remember. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. But how would those guys have known? Well, maybe she heard from, was there someone from the prison working there? I don't think so. Craig T. Nelson? No, the only people we saw were the two guys. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't remember. You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just enjoy the movie, yeah, man. Hey, man, it, it, plot doesn't matter. <laughs> plot holes don't <laughs> don't matter, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, the gang prepares their items for the escape pre-rodeo. So they take off the spurs from their boots and make wrenches out of them, and they're just getting everything ready because they're all gonna get out. And now this is this is the scene that's this, the rest of the movie. It's a montage. It's so much stuff cut in between. So I'm going to try and break this down quickly. And if there's yeah. anything you want to stop on, that's yeah. fine. Go for it. So Skip rides the horse. He starts the event. Rory and Harry, while he's riding, sneak into the stables in their clown costumes. And they're getting out. So they're they're paving the way for everyone else who's going to get out. So they're opening vents and they're like going through the vents and opening stuff. Um, Harry sneaks into a snack cart. And this is Jesus' <laughs> wife who opens up the snack cart for him. And he pops out of this ventilation shaft and he gets in the snack cart. She takes him around to a RV and he gets in and gets in a disguise. Um, and then Jimmy Graham, the cowboy guy, is just mm-hmm. like wandering around. I don't know why he's he has so much freedom. Walking around. Well, I mean, it, it's still prisoners. It's still a prison rodeo. So he's yeah. he's walking around. the. Rodeo. But everyone else is in the stands, but he's yeah. special. I, mean, I don't know. He's, but he, he locks the gate before Skip is supposed to ride. As he's so, on a bull. As right. he's on a bull. So... Um, the bull gets very aggressive and then Grossberger has to come over and break the lock so he can get out. Right. Um, Harry is now wearing a disguise. He has a goatee. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, and, looks, he looks funny too. Yeah, he looks funny. He has a cowboy hat on, some glasses. Jesus sneaks back into the stables now and this is, it's so annoying that we had to see like five characters this go is, the same right. thing. This is the big mistake of the movie. Yes. We see Jesus. Um, so they've set it up in this odd little I don't know, Grossberger sits up against this wooden wall and mm-hmm. they've loosened a board in the wall. Mm-hmm. When no one's looking, Grossberger pulls the wood away and a person lies down and rolls under this hole mm-hmm. and goes through, as you said, the whole maze of escape that Harry prepared. Yeah. And so we see this, I mean, I know you're about to say this, but mm-hmm. Jesus does it. Yep. And then Rory does it. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, like it, and it shows it like four times. Harry does the it. whole thing, yeah. And it's just like, man, this is such and a. And later, beating. Skip does it. Yeah, <laughs> it so takes four, four people yeah. do it, and you see the entire and the entirety. You see it all. Yeah, it's like right. why do you have, every move? Yeah, just show them rolling under the board, right? And then we know. Show it one time, and then show <laughs> it three more times of them rolling under the boards. Yes, yeah. yes. Um. So yeah, Jesus sneaks into the stables, so he goes and gets in a disguise too. There was a tie in the rodeo, so Skip now has to do a dangerous event called the hard money event, where they tie a bag of money oh, yeah. to the bull's head, yeah. and it's Skip against the rival from the other um, prison. Other prison. So they just release this bull into the pen, or the, the ring that they're in, and they just have to like get the money off this bull's yeah. head. And Gene Wilder, uh, again, in an attempt to continue the plan, goes to the guy first and says, you know, I don't... He's like... This is whatever. Is your my warden's a jerk? Is mm-hmm. yours a jerk? Do whatever you want with the money. I don't care. Yeah, you can have it. Mm-hmm. And sort of sets it up for that guy to get the money. And he talks about how none of the prisoners get the money and kind of puts that in this guy's head. Mm-hmm. Um, as we'll find out later, to so he can win the money and 
distract people with it and and while we learn that they're doing the hard money event we actually hear that over a loudspeaker in the bathrooms because jesus is helping rory get in a disguise and harry is helping jesus get in a disguise in two separate bathrooms um and then we cut to the maybe one of the worst body doubles i think i've ever seen for <laughs> yes. gene wilder yeah. it's like this guy who's kind of pudgy but he's bigger than he's gene bigger wilder than gene wilder he looks nothing like gene wilder yeah he has his hair haircut, is crazy sort of yeah but that's about it yeah it, it's so it's so bad it's, and it, it's it, close it, enough it's far away but it's close yeah. enough where you're like that's not that's gene not wilder, wilder. <laughs> yeah. it cuts back and forth like 10 times too just making yeah. it worse and worse yeah um so the other guy from the other prison wins and he takes the money and he just throws it into the crowd where the prisoners are. Yeah. So it was like $100,000 or something. It was a ton of money. Yeah, floating through the air. So he just throws it and everyone goes crazy and they're trying to grab the money. Um, and then Jimmy Graham spots Grossberger freeing Skip. So mm-hmm. he like starts to walk over and Grossberger just like punches him in the face, knocks him, knocks out. him out. He puts him under this like coat and then Skip goes under the boards and then yeah. goes. And then, you know, Grossberger, man, what a guy. What a guy. What a guy. A sacrificial lamb. Seriously. <laughs> he has to stay behind. He let everyone else out. Now yeah. his sentence is going to be 10 times longer because he helped all these prisoners escape. Yeah, we don't know. They never tell us. Gentle giant, man. Yeah. <laughs> so Skip jumps into the food cart. They all drive off. Um, Meredith spots them on the road when they're leaving. Like she was going to the rodeo with Len mm-hmm. and she sees them. And so she turns around. She hits a car and like chases them. Right. And the next scene is... Rory and Jesus's family. So his wife was there and his brother was also helping them. Right. They're going to leave for Veracruz. They take off in their own car. Now it's just Skip and Harry. And they take off in their car. They're going to go. They're free. They're free. They're going to go somewhere. I don't remember where they're going. Um, maybe they're going to go to Mexico or something. But they want to leave the country. And then Meredith sees them leaving. And there's like a mini chase scene. But then they stop. Mm-hmm. They just stop their cars and get out. And Skip says to Meredith that. You know, we escaped. We're going to go wherever. And Meredith said they got them off. They caught the guys at the bar. And right. they should have never been in prison anyway. Maybe that's why they were rushing back. I don't know. I don't remember her hearing they were going to get hurt. But maybe that's... She says, yeah. He, she says specifically that he's going to get hurt oh. or killed or something. Maybe maybe it's just like, he's free. Let's get him out now before he gets yeah. killed. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, she's rushing back to let them know you're, you're, we freed you. Yeah. So they they rejoice and they're happy and all that work was for nothing. Yeah, or right. <laughs> that huge escape plan yeah, for yeah, nothing. Yeah, uh, and Richard Pryor yeah. says, "Let's get out of here before somebody changes their mind." Yeah, and so um, there's a cute little goodbye with Gene Wilder and this girl, and they drive off, mm-hmm. and then they stop, and he gets out and says, "You know, are you still going to come to my play?" Mm-hmm. He invited her to his not not even in production play, and she's like, "I thought you." I don't know. I thought you would forget or something. And then she, again, another girl running to get in a car with someone. Yeah. <laughs> runs up to Gene Wilder, hugs him, they kiss. Yeah. And she gets in the car with them and they drive away. This is a, spe- this is a special circumstance. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> they like each other, but yeah. whatever. It was established like two times, like you said before. So Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. They that's drive away. crazy. And those credits roll. Credits roll. Yeah, it was kind of an ab- abrupt little ending there mm-hmm. um it would be funny to see if something happened to them after the fact but whatever stir crazy too electric boogaloo <laughs> <laughs> makes sense that yeah. name makes sense so um, final thoughts yeah you want me? To, why don't you go ahead first me you time? want me yeah but i always i always see your rating and then i change my rating <laughs> to be more favorable well you have to deal with it this time <laughs> now i now i have the upper hand yeah so 
this movie, like we said, was good for, uh, you know, half of it. A little bit more than half, probably. Yeah. There was some magic there. That 70s, 80s magic with, uh, with Jane Wilder and Richard Pryor. They were really funny. They worked off of each other well. And then the story got in the way. And then just was an avalanche of lame boringness for about 30 or 40 minutes. Um, the only characters I really felt for were, were um, Skip and Harry and then Grossberger. And I guess the crew. I liked Rory. I liked Jesus. But mm -hmm. Meredith didn't matter to me. Lynn didn't matter to me. They were just in and out. All yeah. the other prisoners, whatever. The wardens. The You know, it's like they took no time to develop anything further than just like a gag. So that's what these movies kind of were about. But Silver Streak was actually good and like it had character development and it had jokes and it was funny all the way through and it made sense. This doesn't make sense. It just doesn't work. Like none of this should exist. None of this should happen. Mm. But it takes place in the real world. You know, it's, I don't know. I just, I wasn't crazy about it, but I don't think it's terrible because like I said, half of it was pretty good. Um, I do think it's slightly better than Private Benjamin. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give this like a 2.75 Cowboy boot wrenches. <laughs> I didn't. Cowboy boot wrenches. I, I didn't. I didn't pre-think my uh, rating at oh, this one. I don't know what a cowboy boot wrench. Cowboy is. boot wrench. They took the spurs. Oh, okay. Makeshift cowboy spur boot wrenches. Out of out, out of five. Of five. <laughs> well, I have to agree with your assessment. I'm very much on the same page. The movie starts very strong, and it's funny. And you know, Wilder and Pryor are just fun to watch, and mm -hmm. you just love. I, I Gene Wilder's characters overly happy about everything. He's an optimist. Richard Pryor is sort of over it and he's more of a realist. Mm -hmm. And so they just, they go together really, really well. It's so funny through the first half and then as soon as the prison rodeo escape thing happens, it just takes a major downturn. It gets really boring. Mm -hmm. I actually remember sort of like looking up from my phone because I was looking up trivia and I'm kind of missing stuff, but it was because it was boring. I just wasn't even... Mm -hmm. So I... Re I I mean, I, I re rewinded and watched it, but still, it was just like, this is not interesting. Um, it, it's just the sequence is very long. Yeah. And there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of sneaking around. and mm -hmm. So, yeah, you lose interest pretty quick after that first guy escapes. Um, but other than that, it, it, it's, it's good. It's funny. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's worth a watch. But I'm going to give it 2.25 bird-suited bank robbers <laughs> out of five. Bird-suited bank robbers. Yeah. I like that. So it was good. good I, I probably won't watch it again for a while unless it's to watch clips on YouTube of their yeah. antics. I know. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Yeah, unless there's, I don't know. I can't even really recommend it. I can recommend half of it. Yeah. It's just like, I didn't mention this in my thoughts, but Richard Pryor just takes such a backseat to Gene Wilder. And when you have that kind of dynamic, you can't do that. Yeah. It has to be both of them. I don't know if it's a backseat, but I mean, he's definitely featured, but you're right. I think, well, halfway through, he just kind of... Yeah. It's all about Gene Wilder. Yeah, Wilder got top billing for the movie. Yeah. And it's more, And it worked better when they were equals in yeah, terms of story. exactly. I think it could have... It could be rewritten and mm -hmm. and made, or it could have been funnier. Yeah, let's exhume Richard Pryor <laughs> and uh, well, the go Gene his ghost Wilder. was here earlier. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're working on it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll work on our um, seance skills yeah. and... Uh, have a podcast with them yeah. featured. I don't know if we said this, but Sidney Poitier directed this movie. Yeah. Which is interesting. He didn't, it's one, I think IMDb said it's the one movie he directed that he didn't star in, but mm. 
you would expect a little better. He's an amazing actor. He knows actors very well. Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised that he didn't see like sort of the script issues, but uh, a good, Money a good blinds effort. Money you. Yeah. Good effort, Mr. Portier. I'm mm-hmm. a fan. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that is it for season one. Oh my gosh. I'm proud of us, man. Wow. We got all the way through season one. That's, we did. I can't believe, I can't believe we're still here. Got through 1980. I can't believe the world is still here, to be honest <laughs> Dude, with you. Dude, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things have happened since we started in January. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, as of now, let's see. What Can I say what day it is? is will that throw off the timeline? No, it's It's fine. Uh, Saturday, April 22nd. 22nd, yep. So, yeah, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, next week, we have a special guest episode yeah. coming out. Yep. A very special movie that we were both just in love with. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't reveal our thoughts. Um, well, I don't, I don't know. I think whatever. it's fine. <laughs> it's a great, great movie. <laughs> yeah. um, so we'll, we'll, should we just? Sit? Yeah, you, you go ahead. Um, no, I'll go ahead. You do what you want. You do what's in your heart, uh, and I'll follow you. Yes. Yeah. So next week we have a very special guest, uh, all the way from Hollywood, California. His name is Roy Parker. Uh, incredibly smart, intelligent uh, guy who has seen just so so many movies. Said he saw two hundred and seventy movies last year. Yeah, he's he's it's absurd. He's crazy, but he's a. Uh, very, very eloquent, amazing, just a great guy. It was such a fun time with him on the show, but he recommended to us, here we go, Phantom of the Paradise. Man, you better get yourself a castrato for this, because it's a little out of my range. Something bothering you, Beef? Swan, this was scored for a check. I'm not doing it in drag. You can sing it better than any bitch. You don't know how right you are, Goliath. Okay, boys, from the bridge, hit it. One, two, three. across and parted. This love affair was started long, long ago. I can't sing it. I like it. Keep working on it. Drop an octave here, change a line there. Give it a beat. Make it completely yours. Let's go. Far out. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed Phantom of the Paradise. I don't yeah. have a problem with revealing my thoughts. Um, really unique take on... It's like a mix of Faust. It's a mix of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, it's so cool. It, it's it's, like, it has horror elements in it. Yeah, it's, it's like, so unique. It's like Rocky Horror, but you can understand it. But better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Rocky Horror, yeah. but I like this a lot more. Yes. I think it stands alone better. You don't need to like go to a midnight screening to have fun watching this. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So that is coming out um, for our next episode. And then after that, we have a special introduction episode for season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick little glimpse. Uh, we will be reviewing films from the year 1998. We mm-hmm. we rolled the, uh, the the year dice and uh, the <laughs> our special year our sp- dice our patented have, year they're, dice they're massive they have every year on them ever they're the biggest dice you've ever seen I, I have to rent a storage facility to have the, these dice yeah. but um, yes the, the movie gods chose 1998 so yeah. we've, we've got the lineup ready we're excited to talk about it mm-hmm. and, and we'll release that special episode on the same day as the first review yeah so it's just going to be a glimpse into like 
what the political climate was like you know who was big in that year in terms of film who yep. was directing a lot who was acting a lot so just some some background on that year i also have some good pop culture notes uh mm-hmm. for music uh some nickelodeon shows that premiered <laughs> yeah. just you know just all, all, all it's a well-rounded discussion yeah. of the year 1998 yeah and we'll reveal all of our picks because we have them all through january through december we have them all yeah. picked so yeah cool so that's it for today yeah thank you so much social uh, media listening yes find us at Twitter and Facebook re- at Rewind Cinema Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, email us Rewind Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Naturalanthem.net. The boys from Natural Anthem provided the music for the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there anything else? Yeah. Write us an iTunes review. Oh, yeah. Make a, take five minutes, make an iTunes account. It's very easy. I promise you. It'll really help us out. If, if, you, are, if you are my friend, if you call yourself my friend <laughs> and you haven't left an iTunes review, I will find you. I will find you. I will. <laughs> I will kill you. No, I will find you. I will. I don't know what you're doing right now. Taken. Oh, are uh, you being Liam? I will find you. I will something, and I will kill you. You sound more like you should be like a samurai. I or... sound like I have throat cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, leave us a review. Um, let us know your thoughts. Help us improve. Like right now, I just feel like we're doing everything so well that nobody has anything to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the optimistic way to look at it. Yeah, man. that's great. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, not let's lack of engagement. It's <laughs> let's just, believe yeah, that. we're so perfect. Yeah, our moms got tired of like <laughs> of liking us on on Facebook yeah. over and over every week. So, all right, man, that's it. Well, until next time, everyone, watch, watch more movies. movies. I'm gonna go find the ghost of Ronald Reagan. Would Captain America be green collar, or is he in another league altogether? Um, because he's protecting the world. Well, he's uh, he's all about the environment. Oh, is he? Wind, water, earth, heart. You don't remember? Did you say Captain America or Captain Planet? <laughs> I said Captain America. Yeah, okay, I was like, I was really I, confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>